It lives 50 feet beneath the streets. It weighs over 2,000 pounds. It's killed five people already. And it's about to break out. <laughs> Welcome back to a brand new episode of Reconcinimation. I'm your host, John Diner. I'm David Munchak. I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we're checking out how they hold up today. And I'm going to bring the, the house down right off the bat. Bringing um, it down. <laughs> you're bringing it down. Dim in the lights? We're, we're starting. Like, what do you mean by bringing it down? <laughs> the lights are dim. I okay. want the tone nice and somber here uh we're gonna start shocktober just a little bit early this year as we what? do pretty much every year shocking <laughs> right yep yeah uh-huh. uh, but this is a very important episode this episode is gonna it, this goes beyond horror it goes beyond a scary movie it goes to something much deeper uh, a deep connection about fear and what it is that causes us to be afraid of something and how cinema plays into that and we're, we're going to look at a very important film john you're killing me just spit it out man what are we watching impact. what are we talking about here we're going to talk about 1980s alligator oh oh yes Ooh. not the exorcist not, no. <laughs> not the shining far a far yeah. more important Yes. With, with a much more global impact alligator yeah, of course <laughs> oh this will be fun this is a good one yeah um what uh what was the first time you guys saw this brent we'll start with you uh alligator when was when did you see it the first time i was a kid for sure uh i didn't i didn't uh, I don't recall exactly when it is. It's this is kind of one of those movies. It's a little bit hazy. I, for a long time, didn't even know what the movie was. And I think it wasn't until maybe a conversation with you, John, where I was talking about a certain scene, which I know we're going to get into. And I was like, dude, this scene was crazy. And you're like, I know that movie. And you told me, and my face went white. You're like, that's, that's alligator. And so uh, I saw it as a kid. It it was like, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if this is just how, how Saturday uh, matinee movies were back uh, growing up or not, but I feel like creature feature esque type movies similar to this one were a very hot commodity on, on those like uh, uh, food of the gods and empire, the ants. Like I remember all those kind of sort of uh, nature gone wild uh, movies playing uh, as a kid. And, and, you know, this one certainly stuck out for a a couple of, of reasons, but I honestly didn't know what it was called uh, until 
until college, I think, John, when you and I uh, were getting to know each other and just talking, talking about uh, favorite movie scenes and stuff like that. But I uh, saw it as a kid. I don't think I saw it too many times. Uh, I think I've probably seen it a handful of times. I actually think I doubled the amount of times that I've seen it just in the last week <laughs> uh, when I watched it a few times uh, for, for the record. So it's never enough. You, you never watch it enough times. Honestly, rewatching this a couple times this past week, I kind of fell in love with this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's bananas and there's a lot of nonsense, but it's like kind of a great classic little creature feature. Robert Forster is amazing. Like it's just, there's a lot of good stuff happening here. There is, there is. And a, and a lot of very like 80s, like lo-fi shit that, yep. that's going on. That's like, you got to laugh at, but also appreciate. So yeah, I mean, uh, th- this is this is a fun one. David, how about you? First time watch? It was, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I, just asking. I'm not getting on your case. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just asking. No assumptions are being made here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, the, I hadn't seen it until it was time to prepare for the show. And, um, you know, the first I did watch it, I watched it almost twice. Like I, I didn't really watch the ending again. Uh, but I, you know, the, but the first time around to watch it, I mean, and John of course has described legendary moments of this movie as we'll get into. <laughs> yes. And so my, my vision of like specific scenes, like, and I'll talk about, Oh, it's like, oh, that's how it went. Okay, I got it. Like, I, I can see it. I almost saw it. I saw it more in a more, the way you might do it a little more modern, like, and stuff. And, all, and like, and it's like, no, you've got to do it this way. Cause this, this is 1980. This, it's the, like, they're limited by the way, the alligator design and all that stuff. But it was like, I get it. Like, I, I get the sort of like the mystique behind it and how it could, as a child is how to be influenced by I, you know, was a kid and if it was, there were movies and it was like a monster movie and there's no stars that I was aware of, you know, I wasn't watching that stuff. I never, I never really watched the creature features and stuff like that. So um, it, it was always, I couldn't even say that was on my radar. Like, I don't know if I, I, I <laughs> since I met John, like I know I've known it existed, but if you quizzed me before that, I don't know if I'd be like, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess there's a movie called alligator. Um, and it, it's, uh, but the second time around, it was like, oh, this is like a lot better than I, I enjoyed it the, more the second time around. Like uh, just only because it really connected how well the script is. The script is so like, it's John's, so, it's John sales. John yeah. sales. It's, it's so tight. tight. It's yeah. so tight. Like everything makes sense. Everything's there for a reason. There's no filler. There's the cheesiness isn't there's no cheesiness written into it. Not really like on purpose. Like I, you know, it's all like a, (laughs) there's all a genuine effort to make, you know, a serious like satire of these monster movies. Um, But to make it, you know, keep it, keep it with stakes. And uh, yeah. So I, I just happened to pause it. And then I never got back to it when I was like watching it the second time. And I just didn't get back to the ending, but you know, whatever uh good 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 stuff like for what it is <laughs> i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it it's now, fun. david you have i couldn't live where you live i couldn't do it you know why <laughs> because you oh, <laughs> your apartment is 
above and very close to where the pool is, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's too close. I can't. I can't think be. It? I would. I would walk out of the apartment and think about it every day. Really, I'll never go in that pool. Is every time you see a pool, does alligator pop in your head? Yes. Like, like really? Uh, yeah. Yep. Isn't that funny? Like yep. for, for your for, entire life, like every time you see a pool. Yeah. For real. I mean, yeah. that's that scene, which I, John's about to dive in head first, but that scene for or sure. <laughs> I d- d- uh, jump in blindfolded next time. Is is if if anybody has seen this movie, they will recognize that they have seen this movie from this particular scene, and it is that scene stands the test of time. Like, I mean, it honestly it, it ingrains in your in your the head. The concept man. Like, of it, yeah. The concept yeah. of it is terrifying, and and you know, as a kid, you know, we had a pool and. Mm-hmm it very much was kind of the same sort of layout as, as this movie. I was terrified to go swimming in that pool after seeing that scene, especially like at night or whatever, like you would there, you would have to (laughs) drag me into that thing. If it, if it was past sundown and, and you wanted to take me in there, it was, that's how, that's how powerful that, that, kind of moment is but anyway i i i know my stand the test of time comment is a little funny but it is something that sticks with you for for ages no i i agree i mean the like i like i said the in concept um what happens in that scene is like will scare me for the rest of my life, you know, um, you know, the execution, maybe not, you know, when I watched it this time, I was like, okay, it's maybe not quite how I remember it, but still it's pretty close. Um, Yeah. The bones of it though are, are all there. Totally. The thought, the thought of that happening is it feels very real. Um, I saw this, God, this was one of the first movies I ever saw. And we had it, my parents had it on Betamax. It's I don't sin. know why. I it's don't a know. Sin. Like, put them in jail. It's because <laughs> your, put, put my your parents, parents in jail. they deserve to go to jail. Like, why? You didn't see Snow White? Like, yeah. you know, like, I did. No, like it, Disney it, movie first. They <laughs> had this on the same Betamax tape as Superman the movie. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. I know your parents did that on purpose because the pools in your neighborhood did not have fences, and they're like, "Our boy is not going to be drowning in any pool. We're going to put this right here on this tape, so he sees this over and over again. Yeah, and he will not step close to a pool without his parents, guaranteed. I think I think they should each spend three months in the slammer. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Um, But around the same time that I saw it, which was. I want to say 85. I'm going to say 1985. Uh, I had just seen The Black Hole as well, also starring Robert Forster. So I was my memories of this movie were Robert Forster, really cool leather jacket, you know, cool sweatshirt, jeans, uh, great character. The alligator eating the cop, um, Kelly, Officer Kelly. like grabbing him and pulling him away and Mm -hmm. how that traumatized Robert Forster's character. And then the pool scene, those, I mean, the pool scene, like times a hundred, like that is when I saw that, that was what forever made me not 
it was like of the combination of that and Jaws that I, I will not go in a body of water under very, very particular circumstances will I do it. Like Hawaii, where I can see everything, like the water's super clear. So if something's coming, I can have a heads up. <laughs> but that's John doesn't my... bathe. He doesn't shower. <laughs> nope. It's a good thing this is a podcast. I'm and, just like not layered in deodorant, just layer after layer. Baked <laughs> on. But when I when I was a kid, and I was learning how to swim by by force, I was I was terrible because I was just like crippled with fear and was made to go in the water. You know, um, when I would look, I was in the deep end and looking into the water and learning how. Like I'm on the edge of that diving board. I literally just saw the alligator with its mouth open in the water beneath me. Like that was in, that was literally what I saw. So I never dove off the diving board, still haven't. And Whoa. if I had, then probably there would have been an alligator in there waiting for me. So, right. <laughs> wow. so this, this movie has such a deep impact with me. I mean, you know, it's alligator, right? It's not like, the most legendary movie, but in my life's history, like this is an iconic film. It's yeah. hugely in influential. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it, it definitely had an impact on, you know, certain parts of my life. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I went to summer trails day camp every summer and swimming like at all camps is such a big part of it. And it was like, Nope, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang on the side and let all you guys get eaten by alligators in there. I mean, are we going to talk specifically about that scene later? Should we describe to the, yeah, to let's, the listeners? Let's, let's come back to the scene. Let, let's kind of um, let's get into well, the, get, set, the, the, the set pieces, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The moments. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. Um, but I want to do, do something new for a change. We've got a new little segment called Ooh. Six Degrees that... Uh, Okay. David, I think you're going to kick it off this time. David, mm. pick a movie, any movie, any generation, any movie at all. And by the end of the show, Brent and I will have to connect kind of like the Kevin Bacon game, right? Like connect alligator to that movie with within six moves. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe something of the same year and, uh, I went for the highest rated or highest grossing comedy of the year, nine to five. Nine to five. Nine to so, five. Nine well, to five. oh, Do Dolly Parton's in this in Alligator. Just she, her scenes got cut. So, uh, well, that yeah. doesn't count then. <laughs> Done. No, she's not canon. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right. So, uh, nine to five. Nine to five to Alligator. We'll Probably come pretty back easy at, one, considering yeah. Robert Dolly, Forrester, Dabney, and Dolly. Yeah, we'll Dabney. we'll Brent will will sidebar. We'll come back to it at the end of the show. All right. Sounds good. Um, I think people, the, the audience is gambling right now. The, the Vegas odds are going are crazy the, about over under. how many moves it's going to take us to get there. Yeah, I'm going four. I'm just putting it out there. That's, the, what I'm thinking. that's the line. If you can't do it in four, you're, you can't, you're worthless. <laughs> We've got six, but we're trying to, you know, be overachievers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, of course. Um, all right, but let's let's take everybody else. Back in time, let's rewind. Brent, set the table. November 1980. What's happening in, in the world and in, in cinema? What, what's happening? Well, let's see. Uh, November 1980 is when uh, Ronald Reagan was elected president. 
of the United States for the first time uh, over Jimmy Carter. So that was a big deal right then, hitting hitting right there. Uh, also, at the same time, uh, we had the uh, Iran hostage crisis, which actually started kind of in 79, but, but made its way all throughout 1980. Uh, and then Mount St. Helens erupted in kind of later 1980, which I remember being kind of a big deal. Even though I was super young at the time, I remember that being all over the news uh, at that time when when Mount St. Helens erupted in Washington. So that was a pretty big deal going on uh, in the 80s, or early uh, 80s in 1980. Uh, songs of the time, uh you know, a couple of the hits, Call Me by Blondie, Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd, uh, Rock With You by Michael Jackson. All those are really popular at that time. Movies from 1980, a couple big ones, Empire Strikes Back, Stir Crazy, Private Benjamin. Those are kind of top three of the top movies in 1980. Uh, Empire Strikes Back obviously being a massive one that- Never heard know, of it. People still, to this day- talk about there's all sorts of sub culture uh, mandela effect discussions on what is said to luke by darth vader you know all sorts of stuff like that which is what you know, just... what are you talking about what the fuck there's a bunch of people <laughs> does who... something happen in that movie yes yeah, so I don't know how much you guys are aware of this Mandela effect thing that people uh, believe in, but you know, it's Bernstein bears or Bernstein bear. You know I mean? There's a couple different things. One of them happens to be whether or not Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father or just I'm your father. People debate it. People remember it differently. It's just, there's really only a... one, there's only one right answer. And all you got to do is watch the movie. So to just find watch out. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> people different. still want to talk about it. Things are misquoted all the time, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. All the time. Play it again, Sam, isn't the yep. actual quote? I was just going to say That's exactly that, yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So Kirk never said, beam me up, Scotty. He never. Is that really, right? Never, nope. in that, never in that order. Beam me up, Scotty. Never happened. I didn't Maybe know that one, but that one's pretty fascinating because that's, you know, I think the universal uh, kind of colloquialism that people decide to use to, to, to just for that. Yeah. particular scene so oh yeah, that's, that, uh, yeah let's see fascinating. yeah so let's see what else 1980 uh world series the phillies beat uh the royals uh in 1980 uh the super bowl was won by the oakland raiders over the philadelphia eagles the boston Woo. celtics beat the houston rockets in the nba finals it is actually the first championship to mark the Larry Bird era for the Celtics, which is great and also traumatizing being from Houston. Uh wish the Rockets had won that game. Lots happening in 1980. Uh David, but take us back to the biggest thing that happened in 1980, which was the unleashing of alligator <laughs> of <Ooh>. the world. <laughs> uh <laughs> it was like it was a rundown what's happening in the movie. Sure, yeah. Well, Alligator, uh, we briefly mentioned, is written by John Sayles, uh, directed by Louis Teague, and Frank Ray Perilli also was on the story. Um, so about 12 years ago, a young Missouri girl vacationing with her family in the exotic land of Florida acquires a baby alligator named Ramon. Uh, after 
uh, coincidentally witnessing a brutal maiming of by, <laughs> yes. of a human being <laughs> by an alligator, and they're like, "Let's let's get a baby one of those." Yeah. And uh, soon after returning home, though, the alligators flushed down into the sewers by the dad. Can't stand having a pet alligator in the house anymore. And flash forward to the present day, and uh, the alligator has mutated to the size of a Cadillac after eating the corpses of like small animals exposed to growth hormones in lab experiments and a homicide detective with a prominent receding hairline takes the case uh, as pets go missing and body parts begin showing up. Uh, and so he recruits a local herpetologist um, to help figure out the gator's next move. That herpetologist was the original girl who had the baby alligator, I believe, which, which I did not realize yeah. uh, until this viewing. I never put that together that that's um, Robin Riker's character, a young young Marissa in the beginning of the film. Yeah, I blew my I, mind. I was theorizing it because they don't explicitly say it. I think you just have to put it together. Well, she, yeah. and she, they never say that, and you just you have to put it together because I think the mom you can ID it by the mom. The actress is the same. Uh, yeah, and yeah. they say yeah. her name. But like she never realizes that the alligator that's terrorizing, you know, this city is her baby, her pet alligator. Yeah, because to her, because for her, the the gator died, right? They, they, the dad was like, "Well, lie to her and tell her that they died or whatever." And Um, why why does the dad go ape shit? I mean, they they don't really explain that. Well, he mentions it's like it like was pooping like everywhere. And he got frustrated, so he. That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's like the most flimsy reason to get rid of it. To get yeah, there's the alligator sewers. droppings in the laundry or whatever. How big could those droppings be? That little gator. I know. Tiny. I'm like, what's he doing in the laundry? Like, what you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy doesn't seem like he's doing lot. He's doing a couple loads of laundry yeah. every every day. Have um, you guys ever been to a gator farm? I went to Gatorland in Florida once when I was doing some work down there. Brent, uh, Brent, was it not clear? <laughs> yeah, do you think John, John? John, I got a place to take you <laughs> to get you over these fears, man. I've seen uh-uh. a guy wrestle a gator. He did not get bit. He was very good. Yeah, Put that so, gator right to sleep. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah. So it it is a race to save the city uh, as a mutated Ramon feasts on police officers, big game hunters, the guests of a children's birthday party and a super fancy wedding reception. Can he do it? We'll find out. It's all um, it's all on the shoulders of Detective David Madison. David Madison. Wait. Same initials oh. as you. I know. Uh, yeah, and uh, but then that made me realize uh, Bruce Willis's character on Moonlight was David Addison, I believe. Cousin, probably. Pro- yeah, it, it sounds the same, so they're probably related. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Let, let's before we get, let let's talk about the pool sequence. Okay, let's just get that Whoa, out of the way. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, let's, rip, let's rip that bandaid right. Yeah, off. Let's rip the bandaid off. You're right. Because I got this episode is going to be about me conquering my fear. By the end of this episode, I'll be comfortable jumping in a pool. You better you better jump into a pool today. Yeah, when you're done. Yeah, I'm coming over to your apartment, David. It's good. It'll um, be dark by the time you get here. The mechanics of that scene is what is so chilling. I mean, it's it's probably three quarters of the way through the movie. The alligator is on the loose. It's gotten out of the sewers. It's it's 
you know, rampaging around uh, around town. And we see during the day as the police are looking for it, that it goes inside the swimming pool of someone in someone's backyard, a regular family house in the backyard. It slides into the pool too. And it's kind of hiding, I think, underneath some float, you know, like a, like some floaty stuff, like a floating yeah. boat. And so that the helicopter that's looking for it, this 36 foot long alligator, right. Yeah. Can't find it. And it's just waiting there. Then we cut to David Madison. We see him running around trying to find it. And, and then it's nighttime. We cut back to this child's birthday party and this, uh, these kids are bringing out what we assume is the birthday boy who's blindfolded and they bring him right to the edge of the diving board. And it's they're only, playing, they're playing a game. It's a pirate game. They're pirates. Walk they're walking the plank. him, the kid to the plank. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's pretend they're in costume. It's, it's sure it's at night, but it's like, you know, the kids are, I just want to set the scene. They're having fun at a party. It's a thing. The kid's smaller than the other two kids kind of. So he's kind of like, getting pushed around a little but it's not really a full-on bullying situation right yeah yeah so they yeah, make him walk the plank right he's looks like he's somewhat reluctantly playing along yeah this is what happens yeah when you're, that's when how you got to walk the plank you're gonna yeah. and take a dive um and this scene is really only i think like five or six shots that's it yeah I know. it's, it's really very short. quick it's like 40 seconds or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks to the end of the plank. One of them turns the lights in the pool on. And from the looking down from the diving board, you see the alligator like look up and open its jaws. Now, maybe it's the distortion in the water because that was the mechanical alligator used for that scene. The movie used, uh, we'll talk about the effects, but you know, there was a combination of actual alligators many you know like baby alligators and uh, uh animatronic alligators so mm. this was the animatronic ramon and uh that shot of just it opening its mouth and just waiting for them to push the kid in like is meg, horrifying it's like the meg poster yes yeah. <laughs> just a big mouth yeah and then the kids not seeing the alligator push the kid in and we get this shot of just the jaws of the alligator just overtaking this kid and then red blood all over the pool and the other kids run away calling for mommy. And, and the, that's it. And the horrifying part is the kid getting pushed in sees the gator at the last second. So yeah. he didn't, you know, he's I guess aware. that's his point of view. He's looking down and that's what he sees. Yeah, he notices. So he's, he tries to stop it, but of course, you know, he's not, but it's the last second. It's they just, they just throw him over. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of even. That's kind of what's worse is he sees he sees his death coming. Yeah, in, in yeah. the form of an alligator. It's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. terrible. And yeah. and I think it's like it just felt. I mean, obviously, we're not gonna. We don't have alligators running loose. They're not gonna be in our pools. But in my mind and many other people's, that stuff happens, right? Like kids play that game, and you wouldn't know if there was an alligator there. Like you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know it's there. So. I don't know. That's what got inside my head where it still resides to this day. Wait till I send you some YouTube videos of where like snakes have come up through the toilet and people are video videotaped it. Like, Oh yeah. I've seen those. It's like, you'll never want to use their bathroom. Again. 
<laughs> well, we, we already know ghoulies come up through the toilet, so true. <laughs> but but the, yeah, that that if I saw that at five years old, I I was also exposed to Jaws by that point, you know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, the ocean terrified me after that. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I got in it. I I can sort of trust that if other people are in the water, we're good. But that that would have definitely ruined pools for me for a little while. Uh, so I can see why that just sticks in your brain for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. How do I get it out of there? How do I, you know, maybe it's, we're going to talk about this movie. We're going to get through it and I'm going to exercise that demon. Okay. This is your, this is your time. We're you guys work. have to help me. This is oh, your... I, will, I will help. I'll take <laughs> you. Is... We're going to go to a gator farm. Then we're going to David's pool. Yeah. Ex- exposure <laughs> therapy. Let's just, yeah. yep. We're gonna get, get a little baby gator. We're gonna <laughs> drop it in David's pool and watch it grow like a, <laughs> like like one of those little sp- capsule sponge <laughs> yeah. dinosaurs yeah. that little kids. You put with. it in water and it just grows to thirty six feet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that scene is just shocking. And, and watching it, you know, I I agree, David. It, it doesn't. It's not quite the way my memory had it, but uh, it, it was it was pretty close. It's still pretty horrifying you know anytime you kill a kid violently like that um you know it's kind of like alex kintner and jaws you know that scene is another horrifying scene also you know you don't really see the shark there so um you just see this kid get pulled down and blood just come exploding up out of the ocean oh man the blood (laughs) thing that's like that's uh yeah but it's, uh, it's, it's horrifying. Brent, did you, uh, you struggled with that scene as well? The pool scene? Hell yeah. It is. It's, I mean, as you explained, it's a, it's a, it's a terrifying and scarring and memorable scene, especially for kids who happen to be right around the same age as the kid who gets pushed in to the pool. Right. So, yeah. you know, Prior to this movie, I'm even sure that me and my friends or my brother would play walk the plank on the diving board. After this scene, never again. <laughs> never again. Yeah, it was, It was. I mean, the scene, again, like I said earlier on, it, it sticks out as the, like if, like I was saying, if anybody has seen this movie, they will recognize it from that scene. Cause yeah. I feel like that scene just happens to, to be executed so well and is, is leaves such an impression uh, that you could not remember any other thing about it, which is similar to, to my experience with this movie. But I remember that scene, that scene was like the beacon for me to discuss this movie and to finally uh, uh, uncover what, what it what it was many years later uh by talking about it with you yeah and i think a lot of it is like it's short and sweet it's it's very quick that scene and you don't see a lot you really and, and that's the thing i think in general with the movie there's really isn't a huge amount of shots that have the full alligator in it no they yeah. were definitely trying to do apply some of that jaws you know mentality of of less is more and not seeing it at all, getting some point of view shots of it, like that's going to make more of an impact than, 
you know, they know this animatronic alligator, you're only going to get so far with an audience. And a lot of those, you know, bad creature feature movies um, are that way because it's so phony looking and the, you know, whatever the creature is, uh, it doesn't, doesn't hold up after a while. Whereas this movie, I think, rides a nice balance of it. And I think they push it as far as they should. Um, and there are some shots where it's a, a little weak, but uh, overall, I think it, I think it holds up as far as the, the actual alligator itself. What, what do you guys think? Like the animatronic holds up? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Oh, what, absolutely. Do you think, do you think the, the alligator, look? the look of the alligator works or does it come across as, no, it's fucking as great. phony now? But no, it's really good. Like it's, it, I buy, I buy, I know it's, I know it's fake. I buy in the world of how they shoot it and the, it's design and it's it's look like they edit around any of the awkwardness so well that I, I buy what like that's a threatened giant threatening alligator like and I, I couldn't tell where it's like a gator against miniature and I wasn't like looking for it necessarily but I, I but I was like oh yeah they, they couldn't just rely on one thing so I just I think I for what it is for 80s for 1980 and the like the suspension of disbelief like no it's it's actually really well done the 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 robot and the effects and the puppets and whatever it looks fantastic like yeah i think you 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 have a strong mix of talent behind this movie that is helping with this like they know what they're doing i mean a lot of them are still in the early part of their career but would go on to prove that they're good filmmakers who know how to tell a story and they knew what to show and what not to show here, um, you know, with between John Sayles and Louis Teague. And, uh, you know, I would say this is uh, one of Brian Cranston's greatest uh, cinematic efforts. <laughs> Go ahead and explain that. <laughs> how many people Please. know that Brian Cranston is involved in this movie? This movie was Brian Cranston's very first PA job. A friend of a friend said um, they're shooting a movie in L.A. and they need production assistance. So I said, oh, maybe that's a, a new path that I can take. I'm tired of being an extra and I want to learn something new. So I um, applied and basically I was alive <laughs> and willing, so I was hired. <laughs> and it was Alligator. Brian Cranston's had a long and very fascinating career. Um, we've talked about him a couple of times actually recently uh you know here he starts as a pa you know he's trying to act he didn't couldn't get his acting career going so he switches over to being a production assistant and gets kind of saddled with the special effects department and he had no idea what he was doing but when you're a production assistant on your first couple of jobs you don't really know anything and you're just kind of learning everything and learn it by doing so he his job was to uh, fill the alligator alligator's guts up. So when it blo- the shot where it blows up, spoiler alert, at the end, everything that like explodes out of it, that was all he was the one packing all that stuff. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I, I think he learned a hell of a lot on this project, <laughs> and he talks about it openly. He's done uh, several interviews. He's not shy about it. That he's. You know, everyone has to start somewhere and, and you remember your first jobs in this in this business. They're very usually very vivid. And uh, 
he tells of a story of like riding um he was in a van going from parking to set and there was like one seat open and somebody comes banging on the door and it's and it's robert forster and robert forster sits down next to him and he just the whole ride to set like they were just kind of like chit-chatting and and you know robert forster was a big star at that time in cranston's mind especially so fast forward to what 2017 i think mm-hmm. or 16 or whenever the last season of uh of breaking 14. bad i think it's 13, 14, 14 maybe yeah, yeah maybe before uh the last season of breaking bad when robert forcer's cast on the show brian cranston comes up to him and says you know they like you know say hello and and obviously they know who each other are and now um and uh Forster was like, have we met before? And Cranston's like, we have actually. Like, what movie did we work on? He's like, well, I wasn't an actor, but we worked on Alligator together. I was the PA and we <laughs> rode in a van together. He's like, do you, do you remember that? And Robert Forster's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but funny. it's cool that, that, you know, the beginning of Cranston's career starts on this movie and one of the very last roles by Robert Forster was in a Brian Cranston project. So yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Circle. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, going back to alligator though. So comparing this and jaws, like there's so jaws is obviously one of the, one of the biggest movies of all time. Certainly one of the, one of the top movies of the seventies uh, coming out in 75. Here we are in 1980 like all things that are big hits, there's going to be a slew of imitators out there. And Jaws is no different that there's tons of creature, you know, we'll keep calling them creature features that monsters on the loose on the attack, a cop has to stop it. Uh, where does this one for you guys, where does this one kind of rank for you? Is it, is it up there? Is it down? Are there better ones than this? How does it hold up in the formula? Like as far as creature feature formula is concerned, because like the, the, the those story, go back to like the fifties, like with the blob and like I mean comparing specifically like to that. the Jaws formula. Jaws being the best that maybe was ever made. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, arguably, but I think it'd be hard what about to find alien? another one. What about alien? I mean, alien is good as well. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally different style, but yeah. Also also in the argument. But yeah. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. um, I mean, I don't know, like where does alligator rank? Alligator's great. It's a lot of fun. I mean, there are so many of these movies, like it's hard to really, you know, I mean, like you could consider like, I mean, from just back in the seventies, there's, you know, like, uh, uh, Orca, you know, Orca. <laughs> like, yep. About Orca. you know, which is about which is about obviously a, a a killer whale. Um, you've got Grizzly, which is about a bear. I mean, there's literally every single thing <laughs> that you could. I mean, there's the ones that I mentioned earlier, Food of the Gods, which is about rats and other animals that are also like fed by toxic waste. And and in that in that vein, you got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, like I mean, there's so many different things that you could link back to this so it's difficult it would be a very big list yeah to kind of to kind of rank them all but alligator is a shit ton of fun and a very like funny and exciting and well done movie 
you know, like I don't think it's anywhere near on the same tier as like a Jaws or an Alien. But you know, as far as like the B rated, the kind of the B versions of these, like yeah, it's it's top notch. Yeah, well, a- Alien is like I mean, an icon- another iconic film, but it's got its own visual style and it's it's really its own thing and it's breaking new ground in in a different way. Sure, Jaws two, Piranha, or you know, or a couple other ones. Piranha also written by John Sayles. Yeah, Alligator. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't do anything new on top of the genre other than our favorite pool scene. Um, yeah, <laughs> but. Right. Uh, but it certainly, I think, as a story structure, keeps it tight. Everything, there's, to me, everything was, for the world that they set up, was fairly logical. You know, I mean, the whole the whole uh, growth hormone storyline's a bit of a stretch, but, um, you know, in that, like, how it, it gets to the alligator and what happens with the alligator, that it just grows over 12 years to that size but uh you know the story wise i I think it it works it makes sense i think i think this is how chud became a movie so anybody who doesn't know what chud is check that out (laughs) cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers oh boy another another 80s classic yeah oh yeah oh boy i mean it's it's like watchable like and Uh, and rewatchable like like you could yeah you can watch this, have fun. You could come back to it years later. Like it's some of these are not watchable. <laughs> you know, like you will not want to watch them again. Um, you know, but again, there's ho- literally hundreds you know that have been made since since the 50s. Uh, you know, just in that creature feature kind of category of yeah. of movie. I mean, and even things like like Hitchcock's The Birds, you know, like, I mean, all of those can like be sort of loosely nature versus man, you know, nature's gone wild type, type films that can all kind of be loosely related. So it's, it's, the list is vast, right? But this one is good. It's a good one. Like I would watch this. I'd probably, look, I'm, I, and I'm not saying that it's a better movie than The Birds. Um, but, and I think that's okay. Alfred, said. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock is one of my favorite directors, uh, of all time ever. And I would probably prefer to watch alligator <laughs> than I would the birds, you know, like yeah. in comparison, but yeah. I think the birds gets a lot more critical acclaim because of Hitchcock. Oh, for sure. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That he was doing something innovative, right? With sure. Him. I mean, yeah, like there's things that like there are some of these movies that are groundbreaking, right? Like Jaws, Alien. You know, I think The Birds is probably in that category. Oh, but. definitely. I mean, it's making a a legitimate threat out of something like Birds is yeah. is hard to do. And he did it. I mean, The Birds is another iconic film. Yeah, I mean, and even like Stephen King with Cujo, right? Like Cujo is similar, you know, I mean, it's also directed by Louis Teague, which we'll talk about in a minute. That's right. Same director. Jeez. Wow. Um, But I think, you know, you, you set up your, your creature in the the first scene of the film, then you, you cut to your, you know, your police officer, your main character, and you build them up and then you get your first, you know, the first attack where we reintroduce the creature again. And then how the, 
detective or the police officer or whoever is going to is going to you know start working that case and and the danger gets ratcheted up throughout the film and then it's going to have a big climactic showdown and that's your basic formula um not too complicated but it's amazing how many movies got really off the track off track with it and you know whether it's just really bad effects or you can tell it's got no budget um not having the right actors not having the right director and it's very quickly can uh, you know create a terrible film and this i think avoids all that that it's got you know good storytellers involved all the way through and um one of them being let's talk about lewis teague our, our director so going back behind the scenes uh producer brandon chase is the first person involved with this project he hires um he's he had another writer kind of write write this script that ends up getting completely thrown out by uh lewis teague when he comes on board uh, now, Louis Teague had been a second unit director on the movie Avalanche, uh, where he briefly worked with Robert Forster and they hit it off. And uh, Forster had said, if, like, if you're, you're ever doing your movie, like, give me, give me a call. Let me know. I'd love to love to, you know, chat about it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Teague directs The Lady in Red, which was written by John Sayles. So they kind of have a connection as well. Um, so when he comes on Alligator, he takes everything that's in the script except the alligator and completely throws it out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep the alligator and that's it. Nice. So he calls John sales to come in and like, write write it from scratch as quickly as possible. And I think he wrote it in about two weeks and uh, you know, so, so sales is really the one that is creating the, you know, using the jaws formula like he did with piranha and applying it to a different creature in a different setting. And, um, I think that's part of really why it works so strong is this combination of Louis Teague and John Sales. Now, Louis Teague had done is a director who's done um, uh, at least one other movie that we've covered and a few other movies that we will cover some day in the future on Reconsinimation. Uh, he we covered Navy Seals back in uh, Bill Paxton Fest in season three, I believe. Mm. So check that out in the archives at reconsinimation.com. And uh, some of Louis Teague's other films, Cujo, Cat's Eye, and Jewel of the Nile, we're definitely going to hit those down the road. Cat's Eye, yes. We did Romancing the Stone, so it means we have to cover Jewel of the Nile. Of course. <laughs> that's that's fair, but we've also got to do Cat's Eye. Yeah. And oh, while yeah. we're at it, another one that I would like kind of double feature with it is like Trilogy of Terror, uh, if we could. Yeah, for sure. On a future Shocktober. Um, John Sales is like one of, I, I think one of Hollywood's greatest writers, and he may not be a household name now, but he has done some, uh, you know, amazing work. He got started in, in the horror genre with uh, Piranha, the uh, Alligator and the Howling uh, for director Joe Dante. But, um, you know, he branched out and did uh, eight men out. He did Lone Star. He did, he's done some really, really great films that, um, and I believe he directed as well, but, uh, mm -hmm. he is just a, a fantastic uh, writer and really shook off that, that horror, the stigma of the horror genre. Uh, so he didn't get kind of stuck with that label for the rest of his career. So smart, smart guy, businessman, and, um, just great artist. 
and he he's the one who also used the urban legend of of uh, people flushing baby alligators down the toilet uh, and took that and kind of ran with it to get his uh, story started here. And he and he's mixing some other things that were a big concern in the in the early 80s and, and ever since really like the toxic waste kind of craze that was happening then and um, you know, it getting out about animal experimentation, what was going on and how cruel it was. So he took all those kind of elements and merged them together into one 36 foot long alligator. And I, th I think it works great. It's like, it really does have some, you know, the jaws had the, you know, sub story or the, the theme of, of local politics and how that works. And this one has got you know, uh, big pharma and, you know, commentary on that about, you know, what is big pharma doing to, uh, you know, medicine and, and what, what they're kind of forcing on people and what's the, what's the after effect of that. And, um, you know, toxic waste just kind of being a, an extreme concern at that time. Yeah. You gotta love, like it, it went from, you know, like, Aliens in Roswell and well, like and the, the atomic bomb, aliens, nuclear power, <laughs> toxic waste, yeah, uh, uh, fluoride, fluoride in the fluoride in the drinking water, chemtrails, flat Earth, <laughs> chemtrails, yep. yeah, yeah. We're you know we're moving to you know there's always Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> there's always just fun like culturally significant like panics uh <laughs> that that come and go and you know i think jaws created that that panic too uh of like people just some people didn't want to go to the beach after that yep <laughs> they weren't yep. gonna go in the water i think i think a lot of people didn't want to go to the beach after yeah. after jaws summer I mean, of 76 was a very quiet beach year <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know but yeah like the so to to get on the sort of yeah the the mutation the you know lab experiment mutations uh it's it, it's, it works perfectly everything every it is it's so tight everything is so tight and everything you need is like in the first like 15 minutes of the movie yeah. it's right there yeah everything has a reason for happening in the story that you yeah. know we see we meet sydney lassick or we see robert forster going to buy a dog from sydney lassick's you know pet shop yeah and by the way yeah Fifteen dollars and ninety cents for a dog. First, okay. Listen, I don't know if anybody's done any dog shopping recently. First of all, if you're going to get a dog, go ahead and do a rescue. But if you were to go to a breeder or to a pet shop, which is crazy, you're going to spend two to five thousand dollars on a dog. Oh, not not fifteen dollars and ninety cents. I'll tell you that much for for what looked like uh you know uh uh pure breed uh yorkshire terrier which those dogs are awesome yeah. out of my entire life love them Thanks. so so we see we meet sydney lassick and and who many people will remember from one flew over the cuckoo's nest um as this pet shop owner who's also stealing pets off the you know off the street or out of yards we can imagine and he is giving them to the is it the slade corporation Laid, yeah. yeah, that uh, is doing, you know, experimenting on these growth hormones on all these these poor animals that, uh, you know, they're trying they're they're trying to see how it's obviously going to be affected and and 
I remember was it Project X? That was a movie that was 1987, yeah, I think. With Matthew Broderick? Yes. So when Ooh. that came out, that was like the first thing that really put it on my radar about animals being experimented on and just tortured and killed. Yeah. Um, that was a sad movie. Sad Love that movie. movie. Yeah. Definitely do not get it confused with the party movie from like 2012 or yeah. whenever there's another movie called project x where it's very like, different <laughs> it's like a high school party movie not yeah. the same one mm-hmm. not the same one yeah uh, um so another like really sad thing for a kid to watch this movie of like these poor dogs who are just adorable who are being brought to their horrible deaths at, at this uh corporation but um so he's got to go out there and, and find more dogs for the Slade Corporation and and in the meantime, take the dead carcasses of the old dogs and get rid of them. And what does he do? He brings them down to the sewer where he's been bringing them for years, which is how the alligator survived on eating lots of things in the sewer. But um, the baby alligator from the opening scene ate whatever was down there, a lot of which was toxic waste and these chemically altered uh pets which once it got in its system is how it got to grow so large much larger than a regular alligator so that's the backstory we see sydney lassick dumping these dead dogs into the sewer and it gets jammed you know it gets like clogged on something he's got to clear it up and we get the 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 famous point of view shot the alligator as it as it eats sydney lassick Yeah. And then we get to spend some time with with the amazing Robert Forster, who at this point in his career has already done Medium Cool. He's he's done Reflections and a Golden Eye. So he had a very big um, start to his career in the late 60s and then is kind of bouncing around and um, does Disney's The Black Hole in 79 right before this. That's a huge movie. So it's interesting that he does Alligator right after The Black Hole. Is that like... Counter-programming? Kind of, yeah, it kind of feels like it, right? Like A little bit? Yeah. But I think he's also like the kind of actor. I mean, we we did a deep dive into Robert Forrester back in our Jackie Brown episode last year. Uh, you can check that out in the archives at reconsidimation.com. We all have a lot of love for Robert Forrester and what a great actor he was and whatever part he played. I mean, after Jackie Brown, he had a career renaissance and, but he was, he was really kind of all over the place before that. Um, you know, and he's only a few years removed from Delta force at this point coming in 85 or 86, uh, where he's the villain, the ethnic villain. So, Uh, um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I think he just saw like, if he was just attracted to something in the role or something in the movie, he would do it to the kind of working against his uh, working against himself in, in some ways. Yeah. A little bit, but he's so good. Yeah. He, he kept it tight. You know, he, he was, he's a solid performer. He's such a perfect personality. Um, You almost think like he could be like a, like a real character guy, but he had that le- leading man kind of gravitas. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just, he had that extra it factor. Um. So a pleasure to watch in anything he does. Well, and he took a character that could be kind of a joke and he actually like gave him some layers that he's, you know, he's, he's traumatized from, you know, the incident that happened prior to this film with his partner, his partner getting 
killed with his own weapon, you know, on on uh, his watch. So yeah. he feels responsible for that. He was kind of shunned from his, uh, you know, cop community. Um, so he doesn't like to work with partners. He likes to work alone. He's he's losing his hair. And, and Robert Forster actually had gotten a hair transplant, uh, those hair, not hair transplant, but hair plugs uh, just prior to the movie. So that was like a real thing <laughs> that he brought that into the script that like, I let's work that. that into the character. Wow. <laughs> that's great. So wow. uh, yeah, he brought that in and that's a common thread about, they're always like talking about the fact that he's losing his hair and what he could do with it to hide it. And he doesn't really, you know, <laughs> it's like, he doesn't really care, but um, it, it's, it's kind of a came across kind of funny watching it this time. And I didn't remember that little plot line at all. <laughs> yeah that's kind of funny it feels honestly a little because he's having that conversation with sydney in the in the pet shop and it's like it's a little strange you're yeah. like what it feels a little out of place but now it makes a little bit more sense yeah knowing that it was it was kind of due to that yeah i think you know he was at a point in his life where he kind of couldn't avoid it right you know until that he got it all finished but <laughs> So uh, he had to roll with it, but, but it gives the character some, I don't know, some, something to play with and something fun. And there's something that's so likable about Robert Forster in this role. Like he's, even though he's dealing with a horrible situation, when he has those one-on-one moments with Marissa, like you just like him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He seems like a very, like he can act and he gave this character a lot of like sort of genuineness like authenticity yeah something yeah. like that there's just he seems like a real guy he's not he's not a character in this movie he's like a real dude <laughs> right 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 like you right. could see him being a real you know and you could like tell like he's a good cop like he's he's yeah. that with the when the bomber comes into the into the office like he he takes him down in a very like clever way so yeah, yeah. well i mean both this character in this and in jackie brown just going to that like they're both like very kind of modest and also and like down to earth and you know like grounded and so like yeah they're really both characters you you find yourself attached to and like kind of rooting for yeah in in both cases pretty quickly and easily yeah and we see uh we meet so he's basically our 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 chief brody right in this if you're going to compare it to jaws he's going to be the roy scheider character yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you sure he's not Dreyfus? <laughs> no, that would be Robin Riker, who plays Marissa, uh, the older Marissa, who's more of your, you know, uh, what, what would you say her job was? She's a lizard person, right? Yeah, Herp- she's like she's a herpetologist. Yeah. So, yeah, like David said, she's a lizard person. <laughs> That's, is that what they are though? Yeah, not, not not in the conspiracy theory kind of way, lizard person. Since we were talking about conspiracies earlier, just just clear, just to be clear. <laughs> ever but since yeah. she ever since she lost that baby alligator, she studied lizards and studied you know alligators, and she knows. Um, once it gets out, once so I mean, we kind of skipped over the fact that. David Madison gets called to the crime scene because there are now body parts starting to show up uh, and they get an indication that it's an alligator doing this. So that's how she gets involved that, you know, she's, she points out like, this is, this is an alligator bite. 
So that's what, uh, and then we see the chief of or the, the, I think he's the chief of police, uh, Michael Gazzo, who was Frankie Pantangeli in the Godfather part two. All right. Uh, Oscar nominated for that film. Uh, here, here he is an alligator. So, um, and he's the, you know, the police captain that is always on David Madison's case. But uh, then Madison goes into the sewers with a young rookie cop, Kelly, to investigate what's going on. And there's that weird shot where Kelly <laughs> grabs Madison on the ass. Like a, yeah, like a real, yeah, like really takes grabbed a, it. Yeah. He's, yeah. He didn't even growl. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Like, this is pranking. <laughs> this yeah. is yeah. prank. Credit card. You got him. <laughs> but there was one shot I caught um, that actually scared the hell out of me. So as the, the two of them are going in that tunnel, you can see on the landing, like the same landing where Sidney Lassick was dropping those dogs. Mm-hmm. When they walk by that, the alligator's just standing there. Like I never caught that before, and that mm. that got me. That got me because it's just it could it could get them right there, and it just doesn't, you know. Wow, it's just uh, playing with its food. Yeah, Jeez. and then you know, as they 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 confront the they eventually confront the alligator, and as they're trying to get out, they they can't get the manhole off of the the sewer cover, and oh, yeah. and uh, Kelly is you know ripped down and and torn apart by the alligator, and those shots are like it's a through line for the rest of the story that's traumatizing to Kel- to uh Madison that um you know he lost another partner he's going not just i mean not just that he's going to get blamed and made fun of by the other cops again but he actually like this young guy died on his like there there was nothing he could do about it yeah he loses yeah. another partner uh especially like cuz it is like a little thing you think he's already been eaten before he comes and does his little grabbing grab ass prank yeah it's almost like i don't know and then (laughs) but to witness like you know in trying to get up through there and then see him again like come through and then get pulled away and it's like bloody and it's like oh no like and that and that mobilizes endless amounts of like they're like all right they're gonna hit the sewers endless amount of cops national guard comes and helps they gotta they gotta take down this thing they do like one sweep Ah, they did. We were, we we're going to drag it out. Uh, it's not in there. We're everyone go home. That's <laughs> it. We're done. Yeah. There's like, there's always like, there's these elements of like the city corruption or the city laziness of things like that. You know. Well, all right. We we trusted you, but it's it's gone nowhere. We still have a dead police officer. Right. But we're not going to keep looking anymore. <laughs> but then the the thing the thing escapes that. But it's like minutes later, it escapes through like a through events you know in the in the sidewalk and uh and then now it's on on the surface so it doesn't well, really matter it, well no not just that it explodes up out of the, <laughs> yeah like and that's the that's like the one sequence that i think didn't age well because you can tell that's a miniature set and uh, a small it's not a baby alligator but it's a very small yeah you know alligator that they used i don't know what material they used to, for the street but it explodes from the sewers up into the street level and you know these kids are playing stickball around it and it just like then it's like totally on the loose and um now that it's gotten out and escaped uh david madison and marissa have um which is your hooper character so your your brody and hooper are Mm -hmm. working together trying to 
study the alligator, where would it be? Where would it go? What's its next move going to be? How can we catch it? Um, but if you ever want to see Hooper and Brody um, get romantic, then this is your movie. This is the one. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is it. Finally. I, I think Robin Riker's great. Um, she, I think yeah. people from our generation would recognize her from probably every single major television show of the 1980s. <laughs> she was one of those people that would show up for like an episode or two of everything. Yeah. Um, and I used to confuse her with Meg Foster from They Live. I don't know why oh, they don't really look oh. alike, but as a kid, I kind of mixed them up. Hmm. Meg Foster's got those, cra- you know, those the blue amazing eyes, eyes ice, that... ice blue eyes. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think Robin Riker's great. Like I, I totally buy her and, and I buy their chemistry and I think they like work really well together. I think there should have been a spinoff of just them as a married couple on a sitcom. Yeah, and so still call of, it alligator and just not have an alligator. Alligator the series and it's a three yeah. camera family. Uh, oh god, it's about his camera. his pension for getting alligator shoes and belts. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, so they're trying to figure out where it's going, where you know what's happening. Meanwhile, the mayor, along with the uh, the head of the Slade Corporation, played by Dean Jagger uh, as as Slade. Uh, bring in the quint of the movie which is our very own henry silva from megaforce unbelievable as colonel brock um henry silva hitting a a grand slam yet again here (laughs) (laughs) all he does he's 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 the dh they bring him in they just he's the pinch hitter yep yep I mean, he's he cracked me up in this. Like now, after after Megaforce, I have a hard time taking him seriously in some of these movies, and uh, he's just got such an interesting mannerism and that you know very recognizable face. And his, the pitch of his voice is a lot higher than I remembered it being. And um, you know, he's got a uh, scene with uh, the an ABC news reporter played by Sue Lyon in her final uh, film role. And uh, that was, of course, she played Lolita in Stanley Kubrick's Lolita, uh, where he's doing this weird kind of flirtatious thing, like making alligator sounds at her. That That's a really <laughs> bizarre scene. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> it's I mean, very it's, uncomfortable. It is. It's really uncomfortable in the modern day. Yeah. <laughs> like probably, It probably then was too, but yeah. That was probably it's probably more for laughs because yeah he is like kind of this eccentric guy like so it's it is just like what's his what's his angle like is he yeah he uh you know he's clearly flirting but like you know is this just how he talks to all women all the time but, probably like, <laughs> women like those rough. alligator sounds I yeah yeah <laughs> yeah try try some of those out see how that works it works for me every time. <laughs> 40% of the time it works 100% that's, of the time, that's how I always <laughs> woo you John um, so he's the big you know Colonel Brock is the big game hunter who's going to uh, find and take out the alligator and it's uh, funny because he, he really doesn't last that long in the movie Oh, he's only right. a couple of scenes and, <laughs> and his demise like kind of cracked me up this time that He's he's got these like gang members maybe that he bought alcohol for and they're gonna be like his helpers. 
I think what's I, wrong with what, what could possibly go wrong with that plan? <laughs> I know. Like, so you're just going to randomly pick people to like, yeah, like you wouldn't have a team. Like where's, you know, like Twister, Carrie Elwes had like a team with him, you know, yeah. where's that team? No, no, well, that's not, that's, that is beyond 80s sensibilities. That's I know, true. Problems. You need a guy in the, in the van, you need a weapons guy, you need, you know, or gal. Yeah. Absolutely. But he corners that he finds the alligator like in this alley, right? But the alligator's hidden in newspaper and trash and is just kind of waiting there. He knows it's there, but I don't think he knows exactly where it is. And then when he's right next to it, it pops out and just gets him. Gotcha. <laughs> and then he's begging for help and the, the gang members just run away. They pick up his gun, run away, and then we just watch him get sw- you know swallowed. Yeah, just swallowed. Yep, I mean, that's it. That's it. Unbelievable. <laughs> One of the few times he you was, see the alligator, the full alligator. Yeah, he was the reinforcements, and the alligator just yeah. disposed of him. Yeah. And then you know the alligator's on the loose. We get our pool scene that we've already kind of covered here, and then it gets to the the big party going on at Slade's mansion, where the mayor's there, all the important city bigwigs are there. Uh, also, all the people we've seen from the corporation doing the experiments are all there, yeah. and the alligator goes on a rampage. And I think yeah. this is where, like, this is like, where the alligator falls apart for me a little bit. Like, yeah, like the effects here. I I'm almost positive at one point you see it roll into the scene, like on on like, <laughs> like a dolly and casters. I'm like, yeah. eh, this is not framed well. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, this is like when when you do when you look for gifts of alligator like this stuff from this scene is what you see where it's just right. going wild with people in tuxedos like flying across it's like I don't know how it would kill so many people so quickly but it does. It's a giant alligator. Yeah. Don't question. Don't question well, that. John. Well, there's there's a lot of hitting of people with the tail and the tail and yeah. but people are flying through the air like they they did some nice stunt work for for great stuff as a like as for the physical challenge of it and then one guy you know he's supposed to fall in the pool and he so he runs and flies and then he he lands like on his back and he I mean comes this close to bashing his head on the side of yeah. the, the I'm like oh my god that like, was the scariest part of the movie that, that was shot. frightening that like, stunt guy could have almost killed himself but yeah that would have been oh my gosh like I'm sure he, he they practiced it and all that but like I am sure he just was just a bit short and got really lucky there yeah that's uh so but yeah no i i but i like that i like the, the ongoing sort of menace and murder and all of that and like i'm not one for like i like stuff cut because it's cheesy like at all like i don't i don't i didn't see a lot of i saw a lot of uh earnestness in it i mean i know you know there's just, i think the gator design is so good like because and because i think you can because of the way you can color and texture uh, you know the texture of an alligator body and the look and it's and it's very ancient you know reptilian looking like there's a it's that's it's a lot more interesting say than like a big gray sh- gray shark right mm-hmm. like there's there's just so many features about it so you know you can get caught up in just the design of the alligator and then the you know yeah they're running around everyone's screaming and you know the blood's fake, but it's like whatever. So I don't, I don't think it's like cheesy enough. Enough, I, I get it. Like, yeah, there's some of the, 
the way they shoot it and have to edit around it, um, you know, can pull you out a little bit. But I was actually like really impressed with it, <laughs> like com- compared to what you we can and have seen in creature kind of features and stuff. Yeah. I, I just think like, oh, this this actually works a lot better than I thought. I thought this was going to be like terrible. And uh, I think they I don't think uh, I don't think Louis Teague is going to settle for less than great. Yeah. Well, that's when you, you know? have a, you know, you have a director who's, um, you know, he's a quality director. Like he he is going to go on to make big movies and it starts here that he doesn't he's not going to accept a low quality on that, you know, on the creature. I mean, it's as best as they could do, uh, you know, with what they had and the budget that they had, but um yeah. And just going back to that party, they, you know, everyone there are the real villains of the movie. It's this mm-hmm. corporation and the mayor who are corrupt and, and the alligator is like getting revenge from, for the audience really that you want to see those people get killed. And when he corners Slade in his limousine and just somehow crushes the limousine with his tail and by thrashing around on it you know we really don't see you can't really see what the alligator is doing you get quick close-ups of its tail and everything but and then the car is just crushing and uh i don't know you kind of feel vindicated a little bit that like these are the guys who caused this so they're getting what they deserved the the only one missing is the dad who originally flushed the alligator down the toilet yeah, yeah. That, that dad is gone. We see we see Marissa's mother when yeah. uh, when David Madison goes back home with her, but uh, we don't see the father. Yeah, and she pumped. doesn't. And and Marissa never one on one like confronts the alligator either. She's never in the same place with it. So yeah, there's a moment lost there. You could have had that scene where she realized like that's you know. Alligator. Ramon, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ramon. <laughs> I forgot Ramon. Yeah, but then you'd have to give like you'd have to give the female character even more to do, even though she's like important to the story. But it's like, yeah, well, we can't give her like a real character moment. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. She's not the lead lead. I mean, yeah. she's got a lot going on in the movie. That's the thing. It's like you can't spend an extra five minutes pepper in like this sort of this this, this part of her backstory. Yeah. You know, but it may not work. It may not flow. Maybe they shot something with it and yeah. it didn't work. You I mean, know, I think know. I think that being said, like for the time, I think they did they did give her a, a lot to do. She had a character to play. She wasn't, you know, yeah. she's yeah. the brains. Like she's the smart person who's helping figure it all out with uh, with Madison and yeah, you know, doing just as much as he is. And yeah, it's just funny. Like why why leave out this one connection? I guess yeah. maybe it's not important. It doesn't really matter, right? You you put it you put it together yourself. Well, if you had that scene, it probably would have come out cheesy, mm, and, and like, might oh, feel forced. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. she wouldn't know, and she shouldn't be confronted with this thing because she's not trying to go to where the danger is, but right. Madison's <laughs> going to. So. <laughs> Yeah, the cheesy the cheesy explanation that the that would have been done is like, oh, the baby alligator had like some kind of marking or scar on it that yeah. as it grew, she she recognized, right? And it's like yeah. you don't need that. Like yeah. that's that's right. garbage. No, that's exactly it. I think it's like it's not germane to the story to like have that. But to like you know, the little girl version of her, she said, if you flip it on its back, it'll fall asleep, which is a real thing. Like that 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 can happen to alligators you know if you that's how you can subdue one if you can get it on its back it basically can't move uh and, it, and it's gonna it's gonna pass out and, and give up 
So I'm like, oh, well, that the little ver- little girl version of her knows that. So they're going to try to use that. So it's like, what's the point? You can't <laughs> you want it ripping apart the bad the bad people <laughs> yeah. like, you know, and uh, so, uh, you know, those those little moments of like, what are, they, what are they setting up or the connections? And it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Uh, but it's it's a nice flavor because if you're paying attention, you know, you've got it. Yeah. It's there. Like so, and it's like this. It's just the unnamed town in Missouri. They're not even in St. Louis. They shoot the whole thing in L.A. Uh, yeah, but great. it's all it's all supposed to be set in Missouri, right? He's yeah, he's a so, Chicago cop who's now in like near St. Louis or something. Yeah, like because he, he yeah the where his original partner died was in St. Louis. Uh, like you, you learn in the press conference, so you can sort of assume he moves to a different, you know, town and. Because like I checked, like the newspapers, they're all like generic newspapers. They don't have a, na- a city name or anything like that. So it's this gigantic sprawling metropolis <laughs> that isn't St. Louis and uh, looks a lot like LA. But they it's it's shot just so you're you're never going to see a palm tree <laughs> or too many yeah. mountains. Like right, it's really well done. <laughs> you know, you don't have to use the glamour of LA. Uh, so anyway. So then they end up, you know, Madison ends up luring the alligator back down into the sewer where he, what is it? How does it walk us through what happens with the, with the bomb? Well, the, the methane packet or whatever pockets is, that's the, one of the dangers of the sewer. And we learned that in his right. first adventure out there. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he, the bomb timer and some dynamite he steals from the, the locker after he loses his job yeah and he was gonna just go hunting himself <laughs> yeah he gets fired because he's screwed up basically or, or taking the blame for some of this yeah well like because the bad guy shut him down like his investigation is going to get him too close so the slate corporation calls the mayor the mayor calls the chief chief fires madison and so his ultimate goal is to like lure the the thing back down back to where his newest partner or you know colleague was murdered and blow it up because he's got dynamite so that that plan is all working until the manhole that he's trying his escape route is blocked by a car that's sitting right on top of the manhole Uh, tension great tension at the end that this the 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 bomb's gonna go off he's got to get out of the sewer and now this car is blocking him from getting out but of course the lovely Marissa shows up just in time to get the car to move and pulls him out of the sewer just as it explodes. And we see Brian Cranston's lovely uh, special effects work uh, blow up all <laughs> out of the alligator. And the, the, they saved the city. They saved the city, except for the fact that we end with the shot of another baby alligator getting dropped down into the sewer, yeah, who we right. imagine will you know, eat whatever's left of the uh, first out of Ramon. And uh, then we'll have a a whole, the whole cycle will begin again. That's right. Yeah. Oh man. And then powerful ending. Hence, hence the sequel alligator Two. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. Of course you can go right into a sequel on this. Yeah, well, it, it, it took them 11 years. But, <laughs> yeah, it's what, 91 it comes out, Alligator yeah. 2. And they tried to get Louis Teague back, and they, you know, they they 
brought it up with him, but by then he had, you know, grown on to be a, a, a big director and didn't want anything to do with it. So, and it's basically alligator two is basically the same movie. It, it really just is a rinse and repeat of this movie. So, um, I, not without, really much Ro- without Robert Forrester. Yeah. With, uh, um, I think Joseph Bologna is the Joseph Bologna D Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very similar people, but not quite the same. We love D Wallace. We do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, that's alligator. It, um, it is great. Check it out. You got to watch it. It's a fun movie except for the pool scene. Terrifying. The when the alligator is walking and it's a, pr- a pure profile shot and it's hunting him and it's it, the camera just follows with it. Is that, is that a real alligator? It's a real no. alligator, right? That's well, well a... you're sort of looking over its shoulder, like no, it's it's just it's straight going like this, and the camera's with it. And... Oh, I think that's a, that's the small alligator. That's the live one. Yeah. Okay. Because when you it... see it, when you full, see the full body of it moving like that, that's mm-hmm. the that's the actual. I don't know what the size of it was. Obviously, nowhere near the size a, of this, but, but it's it was, a real, real one. Right, it that's a real. Because I was like shot. trying to see, I could see. I'm like, you can almost see like maybe human arms doing the front legs, but the back legs. I'm like, there's no fucking way. Like that. No. I think that's the creature. Like that's no, that was the real one. So it's the shots where you're kind of like looking over what its shoulder would be. The closest thing to an over the shoulder shot you can do with an alligator. Like that's the animatronic. All the close ups yeah. are the animatronic. Sure. Yeah, I just was trying to like, I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't tell if like, whoa, does the is the puppet like that good? Like they figured out how to do the range of motion that well, and I'm like, nah, it's yeah. just it's just a regular, yeah, just a regular alligator. But but I think you know, I think this is you know, like we mentioned earlier, um, it successfully applies the Jaws formula. So if you're looking for a movie like Jaws but you've seen Jaws a million times, <laughs> check out Alligator because there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff in here. And and if, you, if you're a Robert Forrester fan, it's also a must watch. Um, I really do think it's one of his most fun roles of his career. Yeah, yeah I agree. If you want to be as afraid of a pool as you are of the ocean, definitely check this out. Yeah. You want to get revenge on you know people doing animal cruelty? You know this movie has that too for you. Yeah, there's some justice here. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, should we uh, should we take a look at uh, the box office and see how we did with a little box office glory? Yeah, let's. Well. There's actually not too much information to be had out there. <laughs> not to take the wind out of the sails, but uh, not a lot of information. Uh, this had a $1.75 million budget. It was shot in Los Angeles, as uh, David mentioned. Um, released in on November 14th, 1980. Uh, I think it was the only release that week. Um, it ended up with a 6.49 million dollar domestic run so nice that's a that's a success yeah i mean it tripled its money right there yeah um it ends up at number 84 of 1980 between the gong show movie 
Didn't never know seen they made. it. Nope, never seen it. Didn't know they made it. Barely remember the Gong Show. And uh, another horror classic, Motel Hell. Oh, okay. I feel like I am familiar with that one, but I don't know why. I'm sure you've seen it. If you want to learn a little bit more about it, check out our good friend E.K. Wimmer and his podcast, Laser Graves. They did a uh, they did an analysis of it a a while back. It was a lot of fun. I will take a listen. Um, As as uh, Brent, you mentioned earlier, tops at the box office in 1980 is The Empire Strikes Back, Stir Crazy and Kramer versus Kramer. So Mm. interesting that looking back at, you know, a decade like the 80s and what some of the top movies were some of these years compared to what are the top movies now? Because now it's just like marvel star wars one of those you know empire Empire strikes back falls falls right in line with that yeah but let me look at the other two stir crazy and kramer versus kramer (laughs) like the fact that we've talked about it also 1987 the number one movie of the year was three men and a baby like that would not happen now no No way in hell yeah Uh, so interesting but um the alligator ends up getting a, a huge amount of TV play, like you mentioned, Brent. Seeing it on the we, you know the afternoons on the weekends. I remember seeing it on WWOR TV. I want to say it was the Sunday afternoon movie, like many many times. And of course, as soon as I realized it was alligator, that channel clicker was was going for me. Never but, uh, again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you called the cable company to cancel. Yeah. Complain. Like, get rid of this channel. Block yeah. this channel. <laughs> You have your you have the your parents had the the key so they can turn on and off WWR and That's right. yeah, but I had to watch the Mets games so uh, you know, well, back when yeah. I was a Met fan, but yeah, Daryl Strawberry days. Oh yeah, this is early '80s and mid '80s. '86 Mets, come on. '86 Mets beat the '86 Astros in the yeah. damn playoffs. We're not even going to talk about that. We right won't. Now. We won't. But, uh, you know, so they did make a sequel, but they also made a tabletop game that was very much like Hungry Hippos. I was going to say, that's what it should be like. (laughs) Very similar to Hungry Hippos. But it's like you can you can look up the uh, look up the commercial on YouTube and it, it looks like that. But it's, you know, I guess it was a big enough movie. They had some mild marketing campaign going. So so uh, funny. I bet you can buy that game for like six thousand dollars on. Why do I feel like I've played that before? Like little green alligators instead of hippos, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's like one. It, no, I think it's like one big alligator. Oh, okay. I think we need to get it. I think we need to get the board game, and we'll do a live show where we just play it. Put yeah. an intern. We'll put an intern on it. Let's go. Um, I think uh, you know. I think. Maybe we should make an alligator three. Maybe there's room for an alligator three and we do a direct callback to the first movie. I think maybe it's time. What was David Madison's son or daughter or David Madison's uh, tombstone is in a a field and we zoom in on it, gets close and then it's crushed by a giant lizard. Like, yeah. It's like revenge is here. <laughs> you know, Marissa, Robin Riker's still going, so we can uh yeah. we can certainly bring her back. I, I think that, I think I see a path to this story. I think Timothy Chalamet could play his play the next oh, Madison. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. got that. He's Let's. got that. He's very I mean, Robert Forrest. Scarlett Johansson is the police captain now. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. did any of you see uh, the 2019 movie Crawl? I did not because of my fear of the movie Alligator. It's pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, I, I did not need that in my life again. So I did not see that. It's not alligator. Oh, I mean, I don't there's like an that. alligator, but it's <laughs> David's pretty afraid from the poster. The poster, that, 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 nope. Yeah, they yeah. were here first. Oh no. Yeah, I uh, I skipped that intentionally, but I, I heard great things, and it did, I think, very well. So yeah, I liked it. I saw it at the theater. Good yeah. one. It's fun. But Barry um, Pepper. Barry Pepper. Barry yeah. Pepper. Yeah, always a winner. Yep. I do like um, that guy. All right. Well, you know, that's that's just this is just the beginning of Shocktober. We have a really fun lineup coming up. The uh, the next few episodes, we're going to have special guests galore coming back to look back at Nightmare on Elm Street Four, Friday the 13th, part eight. Jason takes Manhattan. And of oh, course, we're getting in the good shit. Yeah. And Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers. And then there's that <laughs> We're we're in. A whole mix of uh, right in the middle zone of all of the Freddy, Jason, and Michael Myers uh, universes. So uh, the dog, the dog days of the of the franchise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're at the peak of Nightmare on Elm Street, but certainly not for uh, for Jason and for uh, for Michael Myers. No, but I think you're seeing with Jason the influence of Freddy Krueger's success in. In this next one that we're yep. that we're watching, yeah, so, we're gonna we're gonna break all those down and and uh, David, it's like Christmas for you. It's your favorite time of year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shocktober returns. It's like, well, you know, with if if we're staying on schedule with releasing this, it's like you know, it's it's that time where right after July Fourth, now the Halloween decorations are about to get into the the stores. Just the just just this. It's start. It's just about to start. Oh yeah. It just happens. It seems like it happens every year, a little bit earlier. You yep. Get, you can I'm get Christmas stuff way, but like by as soon as Halloween ends, even though Thanksgiving's coming. So like this is like this is the this is the creep. It's this is an early Shocktober, and you know, I, you know, I got to be, I got to stay on top of this. We can't have Shocktober bleeding into August. <laughs> I've been to Halloween. We'll I've been to Halloween bay. Town twice already. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So, but uh, yeah, so more is to come, and I'm I'm looking forward to the one true champion of that of that genre. I mean, it's, it's more it's Freddy Krueger, so I, I'm gonna enjoy at least part of what's going to happen. Yeah, we're, well, this is a good one. Four is good because I I I enjoy Michael Myers and Jason less and less and less as time goes on, and Freddy Krueger goes up and up and up. I am. I'm of that generation. So, but the point of all of them is, is to the to me, each franchise is really fascinating. Like the the course that each of them take and how they're Brent, like you mentioned, their their reactions to each other. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. as you're in these the later sequels that you know Freddy's movies a hit, so Jason and Michael Myers are trying to keep up with that and reinvent themselves, and it's not working. And then Freddy's next movie is a hit, and their movies just keep sliding down. And then Freddy himself is gonna start to take a turn downwards pretty soon too. So, well, and get, ex- get excited because uh, Halloween six curse of Michael Myers stars our, our buddy, Paul Rudd. Yeah. So, okay. That's <laughs> it. Don't now it's not the Paul Rudd. You've grown to love and adore, but it's still Paul Rudd. It's early yeah. Paul Rudd, right? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. It is early Paul Rudd, early Paul Rudd. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, so but stay tuned. Awesome. We're going to have a really fun time this Shocktober. Uh, those episodes are coming up. I had a great time talking about Alligator and really I do feel better just talking about it. And I feel like has worked through some of my, my issues. So maybe I can try swimming next summer. Let's, let's get let's you over it. to the YMCA. And, let's uh, go hit the pool. No bathing <laughs> the, suit. No problem. We have a reconsider pool here. So uh, we might as well use it. Well, yeah. well, we're going to blindfold you and toss you in. Perfect. <laughs> so if something bad happens, you won't even see it coming. <laughs> Just how I like it. Um, all right. Credit card. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but before we go, let's circle back to what we talked about in the very beginning of the episode. It's our six degrees of, recons- of reconsideration. Uh, David, what movie did you pick for us? And we'll tell you if we got there or not. We went to nine to five from Alligator. Nine to five. Uh, Brent, do you do you have it worked out? I got it. I have a version. I have a version too. Why don't you want to? Why don't you kick it off? You do yours, and then I'll go. All right, I'll do my version because it's probably a little in the gray area a bit, and yours is probably more true to form. So I'm gonna go since we talked about him a couple different times. I'm gonna go Brian Cranston from Alligator to Robot Chicken, which he did a guest spot on. Rob Paulson also did a guest spot on on Robot Chicken. Rob Paulson is a very seasoned voice actor. Oh, yeah, Rob Paulson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who, shout out to Rob Paulson, was uh, a a character in my first project called The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron. He played Carl Weezer, so got to loop him into this. But he was also in G.I. Joe, the animated movie with Earl Bowen, who was also in G.I. Joe, the animated movie. Earl, if you don't recognize his name, was the doctor from Terminator. But he is also right. in 9 to 5. Wow. That's wow. a good one, Brent. Wow. There you go. That's a good one. Uh, All right. What do you got, uh, wow. John? <laughs> I, got, I, I took a very different path. but I, um, I went the animated route because of my history. So I decided. Yeah, yeah to, no, that, that, hey, that, that works. works for you. you did it. Um, uh, I, did, uh, I took our, our other friend, Dabney Coleman. Yeah. Um, Dabney Coleman to Paul Newman in The Towering Inferno. Nice. Paul Newman to Lee Marvin in Pocket Money. Lee Marvin to Robert Forster in the Delta Force. Boom. Nice. There, it there is. you go. So wow. two very different paths, but they work. Amazing. All, all roads lead to alligator. That's all. <laughs> That's true. So the quickest one there's a lot there's a lot of two steps that I found. Oh um, really? That you know I'm not I'm from Texas. I'm all about a two step. A Texas two step. <laughs> um Robert Forster was in the Rear Window when remake in the 80s or, or right with Christopher Reeve late 90s yeah. sorry yeah. yeah and then Daryl Hannah's in that and then Daryl Hannah's in Steel Magnolias with, with Dolly. Dolly Parton oh there you yeah. go so Dolly Parton to that works that's it's yeah. like well, a that's just, that's a good one yeah I didn't know I, I I used a tool to figure that out I did not <laughs> come up with that but that's fine. So right. good job, everybody. Nice work. I mean, yeah, we did it. And, and nice next work. week, I think uh, we'll do a switcheroo. Brent, you get to pick the movie, and David and I will try and uh, yeah. get an an- a path to an answer. So, All right. Porkies, um, get ready. 
connected all the parkies. Just kidding. That's terrible. All right, guys. Well, you can find us. We're on social media, Reconcinimation Podcast, on uh, all your platforms except Thread. We're not doing the Threads thing yet. Oh, uh, don't don't do that. Yeah. Nope. Not touching next, it. Next. So week. anywhere but that and uh, Friendster. We're we're finally locked out of our Friendster account. So, we're not on Blue Sky either. Just tw- <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's yeah. <laughs> and you can check out our uh, archives at reconsummation.com. If you can, give us a, a five star rating and a review. It uh, really helps the show and uh, boosts our visibility. And we appreciate that. Quick thank you to our friends, EK Wimmer, for the theme music and Curtis Moore for the incredible poster like this one for Alligator. Uh, we, uh, you know. It was fun talking about Alligator. It was fun talking about Robert Forster because we miss him very much. But uh, stay tuned. We got a lot of fun coming our way for the rest of Shocktober here on Reconcinimation. Take care. Bye now. right or he'll feed on you better be lucky with the spinner that tells you to feed him or take out his dinner give him a tv only he knows just when his jaws are ready to close take out a jug put in a case he's losing his patience just look at that face feed, feed him, him a, a can, can if that's what, what you choose throw in a block and you lose the alligator game from ideal <laughs>